Go live. All right, going live. It's fetching the video stream. This can take a few seconds. There it is. And uh, welcome to Dojo U Live, first one of 2019. Welcome, everybody. Is that exciting or what? I think it is. This show is a lot. Routine. This shows a lot of things. I'm not sure exciting is one of them. Um, it's got to be exciting. Come on, Andrew. It's like the best thing that happens all week. Enlightening, transcendental. Not sure exciting is it. Um, so uh, before we get started, Tuning Clinic, Dojo University Tuning Clinic changes lives. Everyone, uh, May third through fifth in Troy, New York. Check it out at tuning.dojouniversity.com. Let me tell you a little story about, let me tell you a little story about uh, the tuning clinic. You know why we do the tuning clinic? I'll tell you why. Tuning, tuning is, like you didn't respond fast enough, so I'm just gonna tell you. Tuning is one of those things that's difficult to do, but it's one of the most base important things about being a piper and the, you know, not being able to do it really kind of like actually hurts people. So a couple of years ago, right before, or, you know, right before we did the first tuning clinic and we kind of, I thought about the idea and we blasted it out there and saw if it was something people wanted. There was a guy that I knew who will remain nameless for the sake of the story, who was like actually like really upset. I wouldn't say he was kind of a tough guy. So it's not like he's on the verge of tears or anything, but he's like really upset about piping and he's like definitely considering quitting piping right and he gets into it with me that like his spouse right so he pours tons of money into piping right and tons of time and tons of passion and like it's you know at first his spouse thought it was kind of neat and interesting and cool but then you know eventually uh it's almost like it's almost like he was feeling ashamed for having spent so much time playing bagpipes and it was like really kind of weird and interesting. And I'm like, well, what's the deal? So he's like showing me score sheets from solo competitions. And, um, you know, I'm reading these score sheets and yeah, there's like crossing noises here or there, or whatever, like this, that, or the other thing. But every single score sheet made it pretty clear to me that like tuning wasn't good. And of course, as a teacher, it's no surprise, right? Tuning is like something that's hard to do. But, uh, but, uh, my, my hypothesis was, could this person learn to tune properly? Uh, things would turn around in a major way. And um, sure enough, that person was at the first tuning clinic and it's still piping, having a good time. Certainly way better sounding now than they were before. That's my little story. Okay. So uh, there you go. Such, a, such an important thing to sound good. Well, and, um, and then the year two, last year, last year we did it, year two, we had like 30 people there almost, I think, and it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. And then now we have uh, a bunch of people signed up to come again this year already. So uh, get on it. There's only so much space. Like, I'm not sure how much bigger we could get than 25 and still have it be awesome. So eventually we'll just turn off the registration. So if you're interested... If you know you need this, get on it. Did you see we had a, a person, a gentleman from Tennessee sign up? I didn't see that. That's great. That might be a record. I think the previous record was Indiana. 
Tennessee further away than Indiana? I don't know. Um, okay, so Dojo U Live. Welcome, everybody. What is Dojo U Live? What are we doing here? Well, long story short, I'm tired of telling the long story. So we'll make it short. Long story short, it's student critiques from the week. So each week we work on a certain uh, piece of repertoire and we work on it. We try and get it good. And then we ask people to record it on Wednesday night. And then we critique those recordings. Uh, we use like a numeric scoring system. Um, not because we're nerds, which we are, that, but that's not the only reason. The other reason is it really allows you to get that kind of continuity and you can kind of compare how you did last week with how you're doing this week and, and maybe drill in and see improvement. It could be done, right? You could drastically improve areas of your score in one week, but it's pretty rare. Really what's going to happen is over time, you're going to be able to compare what you did today with what you did several months ago. And then that's where you're going to see the improvement. And I think a lot of people have. A lot of people are mad because they're not seeing improvement. I wouldn't say a lot of people. A couple of people are mad because they're not seeing improvement. So it could also be a great measuring stick in regards to got to get your act together and actually pick something and drill down, get your hands dirty, do the hard work to like turn it around instead of continuing to tread water. That's the negative side of it. You know, that's the glasses half empty approach or something. So uh, shall we listen to our first specimen? Yeah, let's do it. Here we have Beth with Sweet Aid of Mouth. Nice job. Pretty good. Yeah. We had a guest critiquer this week on Sweet Made Them All. Uh, so these critiques were all done by Andy Fusco, uh, Dojo U staff instructor. Kind of interesting. Little curveball. Um, but the good news is he's not here to defend himself, so we can pick apart the score and, uh, and, and say all sorts of mean stuff about what he said and how he got it wrong. And there won't be any consequences. Uh, well, on the other hand, I think you got it pretty good here. I think this is pretty spot on. You want to take us through it? Sure. <clears throat> so, let's see. Andrew says, scale nav. Some little crossing lenses, short F, high A, second part, second measure. Uh, um, there yeah, were there's a few lift drop crossing noises yeah, as well. Yeah, C to E crossing noises too, right? Yeah. So, maybe a little high there. 
I'm going to walk my thing back. But um, rhythmic accuracy, consistently in front of the metronome. Yeah, it's true, but also very consistent. Yeah. I thought it was good. good. I thought it was like, uh, I thought like, you know, I think 2.75 is a little harsh here, but uh, definitely a little bit in front. But uh, yeah, like in beat two, I feel like, I think you were getting beat one really well consistently there, but beat two maybe a little ahead. We'd have to go back and listen, but uh, yeah. So single grace note, good. Okay, agree. Uh, There's a couple of grace note sync errors from F. E, e doublings and then um, um and then the classic problem of d grace note swallowing up the c on that uh whenever we have that quick c to e combo uh the d grace note's so big that it's kind of swallowing up the c so that might come out of the grace note quality it's almost like i would more or less maybe switch the grace note quality and the rhythmic accuracy score if it were me but we also know how hard it is to do these critiques, so I'm not going to be judgy. I'm not going to be judgy here. I'm just going to. Yeah, and then I agree with this dot cut consistency. More A laugh needed. Um, you know, we just need to grab onto those dotted notes and really um, make sure they're nice and long and we have good contrast here. It's going to give that more of a 6 8 feel. It's, it wasn't bad by any means for me. Um, we're on the right track. Just want more of that to get more musical um, excitement out of it. Uh, and then I think tonal and tuning is pretty well here, except drones. Uh, what was I listening to? Andrew, help! I don't remember. I don't know. Like, are we? Is Fusco listening to the same like recording here? Drones well together, but not quite to the chanter. Like, wouldn't it be the opposite? But yeah, I have the drone. So the bass drone is well out here, and then um, and then the chanter overall is this could be kind of interesting, slightly flat to the drones overall, slightly keyword slightly and also flat because Beth has been sharp for a long time. So good job being flat there, Beth. Solid. Um, just in that, uh, it sounds better, right? Slight flatness is better than slight sharpness. And um, I agree the bagpipe sounds okay. Uh, tuning three out of five, probably not so much. Maybe a little less, but well, maybe, maybe good. I don't know. The bass is quite out. You can really hear it there. You can hear that wow, 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 wow kind of thing happening. Just listen to the drones only. Ready? And the tenors aren't perfect either. It's definitely in the ballpark, though. Uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff here that's in the ballpark. And then it's just, um, you know, we just got to continue to sure it up. Yeah. Side note. Yeah. Uh, side note. Middle of Vermont. Middle of winter. It's tough to get the drones to just perfectly lock in anyway. You know what I mean? So, uh, so cold, so dry. Yeah, and condensation forms really fast, right, uh, this time of year. So, okay, Carl, I interrupted you. I was just going to say, Beth, really good. Um, pick one area to be amazing at next week and just really hammer away at it. I think – no, I don't think. I know you can do it. I know you can improve. Like, just make those drones really great or 
uh, work on the degrace note size. Hammer away at it. I believe in you. Yeah. But, uh, really good progress. And what's cool is we'll listen to some of um, the other uh, last week's recording since we didn't get to those. I did those all, so they're up on the, um, what do you want to call it? The, the archive list, um, the spreadsheet. So we'll listen to some of those today. And Beth, I listened to yours last week, and that was also good. We're seeing good improvement here, so nice job. Mm-hmm. Um, let's read Andrew Fusco's uh, dissertation here at the end. Biggest things to attack to get to the next level. ALAP, ASAP fusion concepts and the tonal quality areas. Improving consistency and steps of your embellishments will help and working on blowing to the sweet spot and keeping it there will really make a big jump in your performance. Improve the E-doublings overall and work the steps of each embellishment. Keep up the good work. Uh, all right. I, my, I like Carl's advice even better, which is to pick one thing and get amazing at it. Um, I'll give you a little suggestion. This for everybody, not just Beth, but that's great advice. So each week, p pick one thing and get amazing at it. And what that means is, you know, devote all available time to that one concept. And that's why we have themes of the week at Dojo U. So this week it's embellishment quality on the fingerwork side and bagpipe maintenance on the other side. And just spend that week focusing on just that one thing, okay? Next week, we can shift our focus to something else. Um, but that approach over how many weeks? Well, you know, there's five essential finger work fundamentals. So at the end of five weeks, that's a good plan to be drastically better. If your plan is just like, oh my God, I gotta try and fix everything this week because everything wasn't great on my score. If that's your approach, it's gonna take you a lot longer than five weeks to make big headway, right? So pick one thing at a time and then maybe in five weeks, you could actually be at a higher level. There's going to be um, depreciation uh, in your capital investment, right? So if you work on uh, em embellishment quality this week and get it really, really amazing by the end of this week, well, several weeks later, there's going to be some decrease in quality because you haven't been focusing on it. But uh, the overall will, will have gone up. That says we're at week 28 of this, not of the live show necessarily, uh, but uh, of the process. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Um, All right, you ready for another? Yeah, I'm ready. I'll uh, grab the score here for heart. Yeah, here comes heart. It's a bit quiet on the volume there. Full volume on the thing.
Okay. So Hart, you're out there somewhere. What process are you using to record? Are you using like the iPhone under a pillow trick? That was a zoom. Okay. So the gain, the, the gain input is set too low there. Definitely. Um, so, uh, I'm not sure if you have a color panel on yours or not, but, uh, you know, um, the bagpipe is loud, but it's not going to get significantly louder or softer. So when you're setting up the zoom and you're doing your test, okay. Recording in a bigger space. Yeah. I, by the way, just as a shortcut, the magic number on a zoom for me is four. So on most zooms, if you set it to four, that's probably pretty good. But, um, but yeah, just do it. Make sure you do a test and, and check that because you want to get a higher, higher levels than that just because that came out really low. And, and uh, we won't go into a long scientific reason why you want higher levels, but just for practical reasons, you know, we want to be able to minimize the editing. Um, by the way, there's, there's a feature called normalizing that you can do in Audacity afterwards if you do come out with a file that's too soft. Yeah, automatic gain doesn't, uh, isn't ideal because, um, as you know, right, high A's and low A's are different amplitudes, right? So the high A is softer than a low A. Uh, and sometimes, like, if we're moving around when we're playing, and what the zoom is going to do is it's going to automatically try to adjust the gain based on all these changes. And these changes happen really fast when we play pipes, right? High A, low A, D, low G grips a grip would be a good one um, and it's going to hear that grip that big honk and low g sound and it's going to try to adjust the gain for you um, and then we're going to be off to another note and so there's always going to be those constant fluctuations so setting the gain uh, manually yourself that's one of the things the zoom is great for and then the quality of recording that you're going to get is going to be a lot better with that said roberta your quality of recording is always very good so if it ain't broke, I'm not necessarily suggesting you fix it, but conceptually, you don't want the auto gain. Try it without, Roberta. See if you notice any slight differences. Uh, and then, you know, but uh, anyway. So, um... You get to a 4.5. Turn, turn the gain off. <laughs> um... Scale navigation, small crossing noise from high A to E in second part. I also heard uh, B to E a couple times, maybe little teeny tiny crossing noise. I agree. Rhythmic accuracy is definitely the Achilles heel of this performance. Like you're playing okay rhythmically, but it's not, it's not locked into the click. Um, and so what the problem with that is you're not in control of what's going on yet, right? Like the rhythm's okay. If I wrote a score, like if there was no metronome there and I wrote a score sheet, I probably wouldn't pick apart your rhythm. But because the metronome's on, and I can hear what the metronome's doing relative to what's actually happening, I can definitely tell you, we wanna develop more control to hit that exact moment correctly, okay? Uh, I, so I agree with that score 100%. Single grace note quality, nice, it is nice. Small grace notes, nicely articulated. Embellishments overall, very good. Uh, dot cut quality, pretty good. Agree, some rushing, like some dots that aren't being held to full value. Tonal quality. I agree with this 100%. Nice job out there, Fusco. Nice job, buddy. Uh, 
wavering in the low A at the end of parts. So you're taking a mental vacation when you get to the end of each part. And you can definitely hear the low A kind of sagging and, and not being as solid as it could be. Nice catch there, Andy Fusco. Drones are hard to hear, but slightly out to each other. Maybe slightly. Chanter, nice, great high A. Okay, maybe. The chanter's sharp overall to the drones. The low A is nicely in tune with the drones, but many of the other notes are sharp. So what's something you probably could do to get a better overall uh, tuning balance? Who knows the answer out there? Anybody? Any takers? Anybody out there? Tuning clinic. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Sign up for the tuning clinic. That's it. Uh, there you go. I don't know. But no, that's not the answer. The answer is pull the reed out a little bit. That's right. So when you raise a reed, it affects the higher the note, the more it gets affected by the change. That's what's that's what's called the graduated tuning effect. So so by raising the reed slightly. Okay, it'll bring those sharper notes into balance with the low A. That sounds nice, right? So raising the reed just a split hair, I think, will help your overall balance there. Um, but uh, low A had tape. Oh, that's even better. Take the tape off, and then maybe you'll be all set. When I tune my drones, okay, this is an advanced tactic, so it's not for everybody. But when I tune my pipes... I, I'm um, making decisions based on my entire scale, not, my, not just my low A. Obviously, my low A has to be locked in, especially for, never mind, I can't say it, I'm live on the air. So uh, low A obviously has to be locked in, um, but, uh, but all the other notes too. So I usually play maybe a second part of Green Hills of Tyrol or something or uh, maybe a little bit of lock inside, like just a nice simple tune or tuning phrase that has the vast majority of my notes on the chanter in it. And it makes sure all the notes sound good to the drones before I start, right? If all the notes sound sharp, even though my low A is perfect, that means I, I wanna make a couple adjustments before I start so I can get all my notes in. And that's not for everybody, right? If you're a pure beginner, I want you to focus on just getting the drones locked in together and getting the low A good, and we'll sort the rest out later. But um, Hart, you're definitely at the stage where make sure you're doing some basic tuning phrases before you start to make sure all the notes are the way that you like them, not just the low A. Um, and uh, yeah. And Ephraim says here, tape on the low A, really? Well, that's actually kind of really awesome to have a little well, bit of tape on the low A. It symbolizes, it symbolizes weakness, Carl, to have tape on low A. It does not. Yes, it does. It does not symbolize weakness. It means you're not a real man. It can, on most chanters, allow you to take a little bit more tape off on the top hand, not just the low A, but if you have a little tape on the bottom hand, it allows you to pull it off the top hand by raising the reed. Same principle, right? Raising the reed and having a slightly flatter pitch overall, and that can solve a lot of the uh, sharp high G problems where you have too much tape on the top hand. And then it's really, really hard to sharpen the bottom hand notes. So a little bit of tape on the bottom hand is necessary because if one is slightly flat, you'd either have to carve it if you didn't have tape on it or you're out of luck. So a little tape, moderate of course, a little tape on the bottom hand 
is actually really, really desirable because it allows you that extra level of uh, adjustability. I agree wholeheartedly, right? So tape on the bottom is way better than tape on the top. Now, remember, everything that's being said is within reason, okay? But just to, I just want to reiterate everything you said because it was so important. So when you have sharp notes on the high hand, you want to raise the reed, not apply tape. Applying tape to the top hand is bad because why? Because those high yeah. hand notes are, are quieter in amplitude, in volume overall to begin with. And every time you put more tape on it, you're making the note even quieter and you're sucking even more harmonics out of, the, out of that note, particularly on high G and high A. Like that note, we, we wanna keep as much tape off that high G as we can because we wanna get that richness of sound, not that super thin, weird high G sound. So anytime the high hand notes are sharp, we, we wanna raise the reed. Now, when we raise the reed, right, relative to the bottom hand, now maybe the top hand notes are too flat relative to the bottom. But rather than sinking that reed again, which would cause more and more tape to have to be added maybe to your high G and stuff, instead of sinking that reed again, just flatten the bottom hand notes a little bit with some tape. Now, the bottom hand notes are already really loud. So we don't care if there's tape added to those notes. It's not gonna have a negative effect on it, right? So, so it's perfectly safe thing to do. And then the next thing Carl said is, how do you sharpen a bottom hand note? You can't sink the reed. That's gonna sharpen the high hand more than the bottom hand. So that nothing was achieved there by sinking the reed. You, obviously raising the reed wouldn't do much. Pinching the reed might kind of do a little thing, something, but that's temporary. It's destructive to the chanter reed itself to do too much pinching over time. You could add a rubber band that might help a tiny bit, but that's gonna, whenever you add a rubber band to a reed, that's going to suck harmonics out of the overall projection. So you, you don't really wanna get in the habit of doing that. So how else do you plan to sharpen up a bottom hand note if you need to. And let me, uh, let me add one final thing. It's very common to need to sharpen up bottom hand notes, right? If you go from playing in a happy environment to a cool, damp environment, what notes tend to go disproportionately flat over time? It's not the high hand notes. It's the bottom hand notes. The low A and the B and the C, they tend to go disproportionately flat. So it sure would be nice if we just had a little bit, a moderate little bit amount of tape on those notes so we had flexibility when we need it. There you go. Ephraim, you're regretting having said that now. But now <laughs> you know. probably one of the most important things you've heard so far this morning. Yeah. Ephraim says, are we going only by listening as opposed to looking at the tuner machine matching to green? Okay, we're, let's not go. We're not going to go there. You're right, John. The dojo is a tuner-free zone. Right. I, sorry, there was another comment back here that was just amazing, um, saying that using double-sided tape is the best solution ever, like the most exciting. Double-sided tape solves the tuning problem and the hole coverage problem. Your fingers stick right to that channel, and they're not going to slip off. Uh, I really like that. 
All right, are we ready for another? Um, yeah. You want to keep doing Sweet Maid and Mall? Because Roberto's been oh. bent out of shape all week long, relentlessly, about the fact that she did not get a Blackberry Bush critique. Oh, well, she did get one. Um, so she's fine. No. We'll listen to that one in a moment, but let's listen to this because I have to pull up uh, okay. the scores because I just put them into the thing. No problem at all. We'll do Roberta. We'll do Roberta's critique from this week. Is Roberta going to win the week again? Maybe. Let's hear it. She won last week. All right. Here, here we go. Sorry. Crap. After all that. A nice six eight feel there it's pretty good so <clears throat> even before we get into andy's commentary definitely way ahead of the beat on the b doublings at at the end of bar four you know uh be careful of that right like i think just totally nailing that beat oops we lost do we lose carl we lost carl I think totally nailing that beat, especially in that particular ending spot of the line, is really important. Uh, and you're way out ahead there. But uh, yeah, it's really good. Really good playing. Andy says, Scale navigation. Excellent. Thought I detected one little blip from high A to E, and then a couple of crossing noises um, in the A, C, E arpeggio. Can't remember exactly where, whether it was between the A and the C or the C and the E, but uh, <clears throat> just watch out for teeny, teeny, tiny little blips. I think a little slower on the tempo would allow you to really zero in on a couple of those rhythmic spots that weren't quite perfect. Grace no quality, excellent. Great steps in the... Uh, doublings and the grips, definitely superb. Very good. Dot cut quality and consistency, very good overall. The first low A before the grips could be a bit longer. Started good, blah, blah, blah. Second part, high, blah, blah, blah. Thumb deep, do, do, do. Fine. Two, tonal quality, nice blowing. Great high A. Slightly backed off near the end. Very minor, but there. Yeah, I think uh, probably still merits a four or higher in the score there. Tuning, um, B might be a split hair flat, Andy thinks. Good. Looks about right. Uh, 
Let's get back into competing, Roberta. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. I, I mean, uh, I wonder what happened to Carl. I, I don't know. He would need internet to let me know. Maybe his internet died or something like that. So, so uh, really nice job. Really nice job. How do we want to do this? Uh, I think we should carry on. I might have to turn my Dropbox back on. Oh, no, there's Carl. You're back. I'm back. I just had to get the, the texts here because you can't open any other. Anyway, we're good. We're going to move on to some uh, Blackberry Bush. Sounds like a good plan. Switch gears a little bit of Blackberry Bush, maybe. Or shall we do one more sweet maid? No, I'm, I, I want to hear some Blackberry Bush. But not Roberta's. Because after all that, now she accused me of being lazy because you did the critiques. It's not, like I was, <laughs> it's not like I was getting all the cruise stuff ready yesterday and, you know, lost, lost track of my responsibilities. No, it's that I'm lazy. All right. You know what I mean? Look in my eyes. Roberta, are you coming on the cruise? I'm angry. Yeah. It's funny. I got a call from Royal Caribbean. I don't think this is too much personal financial information. I got a call from Royal Caribbean and they're like, you've got accounts that are past due that need to be paid. I haven't told you this, Carl, because we haven't met up since. I was like, oh no. Like, tell, do you, can you tell me the names so I can follow up with them? They're like, yeah, Roberta and Tony are past, their accounts are past due. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's like, yes, it says here that there's a 10 cent balance on their account. I was like, I was like, what? Terrible. So I let them know. <laughs> apparently they called, they, apparently they called and some, some words were exchanged, but they're all set now. <laughs> 10 cents. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll leave it to a multinational to get bent out of shape over 10 cents. I don't think they were bent out of shape. I, I think it was just like, I think I'm just kidding. It was not like a high stress thing at all, at least not for me. Uh, but I got like a past due notice because like everyone's on the dojo group. So, so like theoretically it's my responsibility to make sure everything's paid up. And, uh, but yeah, but like you get this message, like your accounts are past due. And if it goes too long while they're past due, your room is at risk of being canceled. And I was like, Oh no, I was like, Oh no, I better call the cruise. And so I did. And they were like, yep, 10 cents. I was like, would you really cancel a room for a 10 cent overdue? Like you could just bring a dime on the ship with you and settle up there, you know? Right. <laughs> um, right. You ready for another? We're, we're on to Blackberry Bush. And you have the scores that you can paste in the notes for Blackberry Bush too. Okay. I do indeed. All right, here we go. <laughs> Nice job. You know, that performance was like, you know, uh, the tempo was really fast. I had, 
I had trouble hearing the melody notes because um, the performance went by so fast. But, you know, I didn't notice any crossing noise issues. Sure. So, um, nice job, Anders. All right, who's next? Just kidding. All right, let's listen to it. You hear that D throw all over the place. It's not, unfortunately, it's not being played correctly, but what's really happening? Or something, right? It's like a weird double pump. So you're playing a... It's like a, a weird double pumping D throw. So. I'm not sure, Anders, if you're out there today, you can let me know. But if not, I don't know if you're going for light or heavy. That D throw is neither, right? Whatever D throw you're going for, um, play the steps carefully and really practice it. If you quit cold turkey and only play D throws by the steps from now till forevermore, within two weeks, it'll be second nature to do it correctly. That's what I had to do when, you know, I, when I transitioned from totally crap throw to, you know, usually okay throw, right? I had to quit cold turkey and then within about a week and a half, it was second nature to put that in there. And so you just have to, you know, uh, <laughs> the last one was bad, of course, but uh, there you go. Uh, play the steps, low G, D, grace, note to C, up to D every time. I, I think that it's weird. I was like, man, this score, 63, seems like really low. Like, I think he did better than that. I was about to get mad at Carl. Not really. But, uh, but then, like, as the D throws started to come in and, like, you know, it definitely lets down the performance. D throw steps need to be more clear for sure. Well, I mean... And that's, um, you know, I think it's important to mark, remark here that it is a very well-rounded performance. Yeah. There's lots of positive points in every category here. Unfortunately, there's also one or two larger problems in each category as well, which brings down the overall score. Agree. Um, some of the highlights here, because I, I, I did full commentary on this in the recordings. You can find those in the archive spreadsheet. Um, but uh, single grace note quality, some G grace notes really large, 
and definitely causing some accuracy problems in terms of the rhythm, right? You have a huge G grace, so hard to put it accurately on the beat. Um, and then for me, definitely a little bit on the round side here. Um, and so we need to work a little bit more to get those dots um, sorted out and we're on the wrong sheet music as well. I have the right one here. I'm definitely feeling yeah. the vibes. I'm feeling the vibes. Like you're definitely pointed in the right direction there for sure. Um, and then it, <clears throat> we just have to, we have to get all of those bases covered in order to, you know, really hit that next, hit that next stride. Yeah. That's, that's so good. There you go. I think there's a strong performance. Um, do you, do you, do you want to listen to the anomaly this week? The anomaly? The anomaly. I think I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna change the name on this, but um, this is gonna be an interesting listen. Okay. Uh, while you're doing that, Roberto says. By the way, Oasis of the Seas, same kind of ship we're going on. Came back a day early due to gastrointestinal outbreak on board. Just so you know. That's why everybody on the cruise needs to, like, you got to use all those hand sanitizers, wash your hands a lot, take showers. People, all those people out there listening to the show, there are hundreds and thousands of you. Wash your hands. Luckily, we're not going on the Oasis, so. <laughs> That's funny, Jen, yeah. Hand, hand sanitizer, a.k.a. paper cut finder. Uh, is Ben here?
So okay, this is sort of interesting. Maybe I'm way off base here, but I think those drones were electronic. Um. Well, there's something going on there. Can we hear? Listen to that again. Here, here's my reasoning. I mean, sounds good overall. Playing's pretty good. There's a couple crossing noises, right? We we have a couple of overpressure squeaks, a couple of near choke moments, but no movement in the drones. And then there's the last ten seconds, which is kind of weird. The pipes maybe are, there's definitely like, I don't know, maybe he was messing around with the EQ and really had the bass cranked up in the drones, maybe? Um, yeah, it's just something funky there. I don't know what's going on, but you drop out the channel and there's no change in those drones. So I really want to know, like, who cares if they are? But I want to know what's going on there. <laughs> um, yeah, which might explain why there's some of that like popping in the mic if, if we're playing loud drones over the pipes. Um, I know there is an app for that. It's called ePipes. I don't think so. I mean, I think there are other rational explanations. Like that sounded like somebody was holding the recorder to me. So they're holding the recorder and they're moving just enough that you're hearing those disturbances. And then maybe they were holding it like right behind him near the bass drone. And then maybe there was some sort of weird EQ or compression setting that they used. Um, and that could maybe explain some of those sounds. Interesting. Well, at any rate, that, that was my, my little riddle for today because it was, I was listening to that over and over. It's just something funky with the drones. Um, it still says Ben Perry Blackberry on it. So, Ben, if you're yeah. out there, I don't know. What did you say? What's that? I said, Ben, if you're out there. Let us know. Ben's not the real name? We can, do a, we can do a comparison. It's getting uncomfortable in here. Sounds about right, yeah? What? Sounds about right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, here comes another. Ben, again, good playing here. You've got some notes, I, I, and I, I talked to you in the, in the recorded class here. You know, some crossing noises sneaking through there. Um, you're consistently on the, you're consistent in your beat, but you're not accurate. Um, you're not really with the metronome yeah, at all. A little bit uh, edgy. You really have to drill in there and get every bit of technique oriented towards the beat. Um, so, like you know, as I said, consistent. If I turn off the metronome, and we had this in one of the the um, uh, Sweet Maiden Mulls. Same thing. We can tap our foot just fine, and it's pretty good overall, but it's not accurate. So we really want to develop that control, um, which is why you see that as your lowest score there. Otherwise, um, you know, good. Small issues there, but uh, nice playing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's go for another here. Yeah, by the way, no repeated parts either. Um, just once through each part here in that tune. Um, 
Maybe he was experimenting. I don't know. I don't think we have to send him to. I don't think we have to send him to dojo jail here. No. 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 But, uh, I do want to know about this drone stuff, really desperately. <laughs> All right, here comes another my Siri. That's nice. So, yeah, it was. And, and listening through it today, I feel like I was definitely a little bit too harsh on the crossing noises there. Yeah, but you weren't harsh enough on the embellishments, so it, it evens out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there you go. Crossing noises throughout little ones, a couple of big ones from B to E. And that was common throughout uh, many performances. There was little... Um, you know, little issues there from the B to E. A lot of interesting. I don't know why in this tune, but I feel like there was a lot more uh, lift drop crossing noises going from the bottom hand to E or or uh, top hand notes in this compared to maybe other weeks. So it's kind of interesting. Um, moments where you're a little ahead of the metronome. D and E grace notes a bit too big. D throw is probably the biggest problem here. Um, really have to work on hearing those steps of the D throw, the three steps or four if you're really convinced, but three is easier than four. So, um, play the steps of the D throw, right? G on the beat. Sorry, go ahead. Play the steps of the D throw. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Easy to say, hard to do. It was okay. Bagpipe sounded real nice. I thought. Yeah. So that's definitely good there, sir. You got a nice solid bagpipe. And, uh, yeah, you're well on the track for the, the feel here. That, consist, consist, that cut consistency was pretty good. So, Exciting times. Strong performance with huge potential for improvement um, with those D throws and cross noises. Grace notes are too big, right? Like Siri and similar to feedback we have been giving Beth you know, over the past few months as well. The grace notes are too big and that causes a lot of major issues, right? Like it's hard, it's hard to gauge whether or not you're perfectly on the beat. It's hard to articulate things clearly, right? Some notes are sometimes getting swallowed up. And of course the embellishments are really difficult to manage because the grace notes are like, you know, covering everything up. So, you know, 
crispen those grace notes uh, drastically. It should be infinitely small, right? It should be so small that you really can't tell that it has any length of time to it whatsoever. I mean, it's just barely, barely kind of audible. That's the right place to start. Um, all right, let's have the grand finale. What's the grand finale going to be today? John Holcomb? I'm going to go with Roberta. No, we already heard Roberta, and she was a jerk to me, so forget that. I tried, Roberta. Just just let the record show I no. tried. Okay. Banned. She's banned from Facebook and from... Busco, what are you doing up so early? Busco's on the live stream. Oh, no. He just, luckily, we're done bashing all of his critiques and scores. Uh, uh, welcome. All right. Here comes John's Blackberry Bush thing. All right. Grand finale. His fade out? That was nice. Yeah, it was mine. Um, mine. Nice fade out there. So um, that was pretty nice. It's like we've had a lot of performances like that this week where everything was pretty okay. John and Andrew, is that an accepted setting or did you just goof here on that third bar of the second of the fourth part? What? What do you mean? He played. He played this. And then an E doubling here. Yeah. Combined. No, I think it is acceptable setting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like he might have been playing off a Jack Lee setting or something. Um, but that's definitely you could do it any any way you want. This could be a goof in our setting. That's this this tune, by the way, when I was recording it, that that's what inspired my uh, messaging you. Like we got to get a little more serious about proofreading it. Because, yeah, there's a couple things about that setting I didn't like and I had to fix and stuff. So, um, But, yeah, this could it's possible this is a goof, but I think either way is fine. Anyway. John's not responding. Maybe he's mad at me. No, he's, he's uh, in the chat. It says Reed is failing is what he said. Yeah, he's out there. Yeah, which, which we can hear. Um, you know, that's, that happens. It's not necessarily failing. It sounds like it's too dry. That's, you know, usually dryness is like the, the main reason you get that B to E squeaky thing. So. Yeah. It's also winter. So. Right. Super dry, super cold in Indiana. Yeah. Don't do anything. Don't make any read decisions right now. Wait till like April. That being said, get those drones locked. That. Two, three percent more. They were close. They were really close. Yeah. Um, but just want them that much more, right? Spend that extra two minutes to get the outside or middle tenor back into tune. 
whichever one it is, um, you know, that makes a big difference. And yeah, otherwise, 50 throws and doublings were, were nice. Um, strikes definitely a bit faint here throughout, uh, not hearing the clean notes there. So got to work on keeping those fingers relaxed and just getting those strikes to pop, right? E strike shouldn't be too hard. All we have to do is drop that E finger. Um, but yours are just a little, maybe missing the hole a tiny little bit or something. Um, so they're a little faint. And same thing with the C sound from the light E strikes. But, uh, it's good, though. Nice performance. Yeah. yeah, nice performance. You know, you're going to get 70 by drilling down into specifics and really like making headway on one specific item, especially now that so many of us are kind of in this 64 zone, you know, low 60s. And nothing is really tanked out down the bottom. Like everything's in the threes. So now it's time to pick a thing and get it up closer to four. You know, pick it, pick something and try and turn it into a four. That's everybody's homework this week. Remember, Andrew, like, like 27 weeks ago, people were in the 50s. Yeah. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like our regular participants were in the 50s. And yeah, that's good. It's exciting. It's real good. So, nice job there, everybody. Really cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Right. Any, anything else, Andrew? I'm trying to think of something that's like really profound, but it's not coming to me. Really profound. Easy. Our students are awesome. Keep working really hard and having fun. We look forward to reviewing normally. Both Andrew and I will split them next week uh, so we'll be back to sort of normal i don't know andrew shall we play robertus try one more time for you Roberta. let me no i don't think so <laughs> that was oh, good she was called good. me lazy very good she says it's her best ever god fine fine play it Play it. I'm just, I promise I'm not going to like it. You can play it. I'm going to regret this. Andrew's going to rip my score out here. But fine. Go. Play it. I'm going to try and find every imperfection I can. I don't like that. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, Roberto, we're not going to, we're going to regret this day. But here we go. Good play. Four, come on now. Some freaking bull crap. Well, there are a few four point three fives which don't really count. So rhythmic accuracy, rhythmic accuracy, not quite four. Out ahead of the click throughout, just a little bit. <laughs> 
Single grace, no quality. Meh, whatever. Embellishment quality. Those are definitely heavy D throws. Are you trying to play heavy D throws? And, uh... <laughs> um, so the heavy, if you're trying to play light, those were coming out heavy. So be careful of that. Make sure you're getting what you're intending. Dot cut quality. Nice, real feeling with fine. Whatever. Drone's a hair flat yeah, to chant. One of the good points here, Roberta, is you can hear a clear change between the tonal quality and the third and fourth parts here, right? You really got to try to go for it and just zone into those drones and hear no audible change between the parts, no matter what your fingers are doing. Um, now, that, that would be really nice. That's how you would go from a 4, 2, 5 and up. Right? This is a very subtle shift, very, very subtle. It's not like we're going in and out of tune, but when you start to get things so well in tune there, it becomes more obvious. So something that could be an easy thing to fix for you, I think, by zoning into those drones and keeping them super steady. That's hard. Really hard. It's a shame. You know, it's a shame. She really needs to get out on the competition floor and start bashing some bashing some skulls. You know? Yeah, Roberta's when's your next contest? Either that or you gotta fly up to Albany and play it at least play in my grade three band with me. How about that? Can we agree on that, Roberta? Sweet. All right, next practice is uh, January 23rd or something like that, so. Flights are cheap this time of year. Make it happen. Who wants to fly from Texas to Albany? That's just depressing. Especially this time of year. Temperature shock. It's not depressing though, because I'm here. Roberta is so far not into solos. She's probably outsmarted us all. That's the thing. Yeah. All right, Andrew, what do you say we wrap this show up? I think that's I think that's the scoop. I think we're done. Thank you, Andrew Fusco, guest critiquer this week. Nice job. I might have you do I might have you do it again, if you know what I mean. That's done great. Uh and then um I feel you, Roberta. Competition is such a huge racket. And uh it's really easy to get burned out and to lose sight of why we do it. So um so yeah. But without people like you in the mix, people with great spirits and attitude, not quick to make judgments or like uh, slam people on public forums, you know, without people like you, how are we going to make the world any better? You know? No, see, Ephraim, you're not allowed to be burned out with competition. Cause you got to fix your, you got to fix your uh, fundamentals and then you got to get out there and you got to bash some skulls a little bit. Then you're allowed to get burned out. 
Okay, that's it. We're hanging up. This has been, this got a little weird. So it's time to just, we got to cut our losses. Here's a view of beautiful Troy, New York, powered by weather metrics. It looks like it could be warm out there, but I assure you, I assure you it is not. Oh yeah, there's the ice floating down the river there. So uh, there you go. Not warm. Um, right below Carl's head though, that's the dojo building. Right below that is my new parking lot. Got my parking pass today. Super exciting. Oh. Big things. All right, that's it. Turning the stream off. Bye-bye.